Hi everyone, welcome to the Academics Right podcast. Uh, I have the great pleasure of hosting Rachel Cayley today to talk about her recent book, Thriving as a Graduate Writer, Principles, Strategies and Habits for Effective Academic Writing that just came out of University of Michigan Press. Welcome to the Academics Right, Cayley. Rachel, sorry. It's great to be here, Amanj. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, before we jump into the book, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I teach academic writing at the University of Toronto um, in a program that's part of our School of Graduate Studies called the Graduate Center for Academic Communication. Um, I've done that for about 16 years, um, and it gives me an opportunity to work with graduate students um, in free non-credit classes, so in the classroom, one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. Uh, we do some other single-session workshops and boot camps, and um, we work with students across all disciplines. I mean, how lucky for your students. <laughs> lucky for me too. It's a, it's a great uh, opportunity to uh, learn so much about both the amazing research that's happening at our institution, but also to learn about the practices of academic writing and academic communication from the people who are sort of deep into it. Um, it's in, the book is informed, um, I hope, by a kind of deep engagement with where graduate students are, what they find difficult, what they need to know. Um, so I feel really lucky to have been able to craft something out of that in-depth experience with so many students. I mean, that brings me to my second question. What's the story behind the book? How did you decide to write this book? How mm -hmm. did it come about? So, as I said, my work is primarily in the classroom and about 10 or so years ago, a little more now, I started a blog about academic writing because I wanted uh, an opportunity just to formulate my ideas in a slightly more enduring form. Uh, I found that, you know, each class, I would say all the same things because, you know, while I have different students every time, their needs are very similar. Uh, so each piece of advice is different in relation to the different student, but the basic things that graduate students need to know about writing, uh, a lot of them are the same. Um, and so because I care a lot about writing, I knew that actually writing some of this stuff down would help me. I knew that I would understand what I was saying better if I'd taken the time to formulate it. And it also gave me an opportunity to share insights beyond the classroom. So. Um, I started a blog called Explorations of Style in 2011, and um, it was just an episodic treatment of various questions about academic writing and, and whatever else was on my mind, graduate student life more generally. It took various, you know, it, it did different things over the years. It was quite intense at the beginning as I was trying to build an audience, and then it slowed down over time. But people would say, people who would read it, uh, engage with it, would say, this would make a great book. And I wasn't sure at first. I think one of the things I really like about the blog is that it's free. Um, and there's a lot of people around the world who, you know, may not have access to a library or to, you know, being able to get all the books that they want. Um, so I was quite committed to the idea that I was providing something um, that anybody could access. Uh, but again, taking that same idea of what we do when we write, I started to think I might be able to do more than I'd done on the blog if I turned it into a single cohesive thing. Blogs obviously tend to be very, you know, episodic, not very chronological, whatever I was thinking about or teaching that week. So it jumps around. Uh, and I thought maybe it would be helpful 
to create something that a student, a graduate student, a graduate writer, an early career researcher, an upper level undergraduate, a postgraduate researcher, whoever the person was, could read from the beginning to the end to get a full introduction to academic writing. So I did build the book out of the blog, but I actually ended up rewriting the whole thing. I thought I could use things that I'd already written, but uh, as so often happens, as everyone who's listening knows, yeah, we do sort of draw on different things that we've written and try to cobble them together into new texts. But often we need to, then once we see them in situ, we need to actually do a lot of work to get them to work um, in their new location. So I ended up actually writing most of the book from scratch. Uh, but it, it is it definitely has roots in the blog um, and uh, reflects, I think, the same sensibility. But I really like how the extra things I was able to do when I tried to systematize it. And I mean, your blog readers were right. It did make a great book. So <laughs> it was it was such a pleasure going through it. Um, I mean, I, I also wanted to ask you, like, why you chose a, a graduate students as the kind of target audience for this book? Because as I was reading it right now, although, I mean, I am freshly out of graduate school, so I maybe still have the graduate student mindset, but um, I thought it could help uh, much larger audiences than just graduate students. Yeah, so maybe it turns out that was a marketing mistake. I don't know. Um, I was talking to somebody last week who said that uh, she was definitely going to use it with her upper level undergraduates. She thought it would be a good place for people who are sort of thinking about grad school. Uh, and I've also gotten a lot of feedback from people who are using it as sort of early career researchers. So I don't think that much of the I, I, I definitely think, sorry, I put it the other way, most of the ideas in the book, I think, would be applicable to anybody who was a novice academic writer of any sort, like somebody who was still learning the practices of academic writing, uh, whether they were new to that process or whether they were starting in a faculty role. I think there's tons there that would be applicable. The reason I wanted to narrow it um, was I think that graduate students are vulnerable where, when it comes to writing. Um, in a very particular way that is less true of upper level undergraduates who have more confidence and more certainty in some ways about what they're doing. Um, and people in an early career researcher role are also in a different setting. So I really wanted something that could try to acknowledge the sort of lived experience of graduate writers. So I wanted to really frame the book around the notion that there could be a different mindset about writing, that people could actually think about the task of graduate writing in a different way. So I think if, you, if any of your listeners are writing, you're doing academic writing and, and not in grad school, I do think that they would find the most of the book really relevant. Um, but I really wanted to make sure that I was talking directly to graduate students who I think are unduly unhappy doing this activity that is so central. Uh, central to your professional success and it's central to your professional um happiness like it's it's essential to to thriving in your role as a graduate student you have to be able to write uh not that you have to be a great writer but you have to be able to do it with some comfort with some ease with some confidence uh, and with some enjoyment uh, and i think that it's dangerous um to to hate writing um, i think that has deleterious consequences for being a graduate student um, and so I really wanted to tackle some of the sort of effective factors around writing that are specific to graduate students. 
And I mean, while writing is so central to any academic discipline, why do you think graduate schools generally don't provide their graduate students with as much resources that is necessary to kind of develop this uh, central thing that we do as graduate students? I think it has to do with, um, I think it's sort of remnants of the apprenticeship model in grad school, right? The notion that you learn by doing. Um, I think that the result of that is people imagine that if you have a really good research project and you work really hard, you will become a good writer. Uh, and I think we just know over and over again that that's not true. That's not a logical conclusion. There are people with amazing research and really, really um, deep engagement with their work who really struggle to write. Um, and so I think it starts from a misconception about how writing skills develop, right? It starts with an undervaluing and an underestimating the uh, difficulty of the practice of academic writing. Right? So that if you see it as a simple writing up of some research that you've done, then you, you imagine that people will just figure that out when they get to that point. They'll do the research and then they'll write it up. Right. So it starts with that undervaluing. I also think that um, at a departmental level, at a supervisory level, the ability to support writing is not necessarily there. Uh, and I think that is changing. I think we are seeing more supervisors who themselves had some writing support. So there is a sort of you know, a generational shift that will happen over time as people enter those supervisory roles um, while having received more instruction, more writing groups, more sort of more awareness of writing on campuses, which is certainly growing the awareness of graduate writing. Uh, so I think as more people enter the supervisory role with that, um, their own sense of their own vulnerability as writers, their own sort of developmental trajectory as a writer, they'll be better able uh, to bring um, their own novice writers um, into a new practice. And if you, if you bring people in and say, okay, now you have to learn a new skill, there's a new set of practices that you need to know, and you don't know them, and you shouldn't know them, right? One of the things that is so harmful for graduate students is the feeling that they should already know how to write. Uh, and so one of the things that I think um, could be a really beneficial shift um, would be to just just to create that sense that this is one of the skills that you're learning. And as your question implied, if we taught that at the departmental level, the way we teach, you know, most people will take a methods class early in their graduate school um, because the assumption is you don't actually know the methods of us. You know, you didn't know the methods in anthropology before you started doing grad school and you needed to learn the different schools of thought and the different ways that people, you know, construct knowledge uh, in your field. Um, if writing was treated like that uh, at the departmental level, um, then I think that would really make a big difference. Most definitely. And I mean, you also... Um... You also framed the book, I'm going to show you the chart on page seven, uh, you kind of call for a change in mindset for uh, graduate students. And this chart is so useful to think with. And it's, to me, it really creates the backbone of the book. Can you talk about that kind of, what kind of a mind, sh mind shift, uh, uh, shift in the mindset you're talking about? Sure. 
Um, and if anyone is interested, if you go to the book site on the University of Michigan Press website, right? So if you look up my book there, um, you can see some of those extra resources. So you can see a version of it yourself there. Oh, wonderful. Um, um, yeah, so I, what I wanted to do was just, as I said in my last little answer, uh, I wanted to take the sort of common experiences that graduate students have. Um, so I mentioned that I feel like I should already know how to write. Uh, I think people often say, I feel like these writing difficulties that I'm having mean I'm not a good grad student, mean I don't belong here. So rather than thinking, yeah, this is hard. This is a really hard thing. I didn't, I've never done it before. Now I'm learning. So of course I'm struggling, but rather it's like a referendum, right? I'm bad at this. And that can be especially pernicious um, you'll see in in the softer, you know, in the softer side of the social sciences and in the humanities, where people really feel like it's a really deep indication of that whether or not they're suited to grad school, whether they can write. You'll see on the other side of the ledger, you'll see engineers. Like engineers, sometimes will come and see me and be like, "Tell me what to do. I need to know. This is a skill I don't have. You know, give it to me." <laughs> Um, but I think um, the li listeners who who are more in the humanities side of things will know the feeling of like if I'm not good at writing, what am I good at, right? So um, <laughs> I think it's it's it it can become very damaging to to graduate students' self esteem. So I feel like I should already know how to do it. I feel like if I'm not doing it, I'm probably not a very good graduate student. Uh, I feel like academic writing itself can't be done well. Uh, and this was one of the, the uh, there's four of these mindsets. This was the one that I really wanted to make sure I include, because I think a lot of the time when you do reach out for help with academic writing, what you get is a real, a real negativity about academic writing itself, right? It's sort of like a joke, it's so bad, right? And I think it's so damaging to somebody who's a novice, who's trying to learn the practices of something to be told that it's impossible to do it well, right? That everybody is just doing it badly almost on purpose sometimes is what <laughs> the feeling you get, right? Why are academics so bad at this? Um, and it doesn't take into account the incredible difficulty of communicating complex scholarly material in a way that is understandable to another person's mind. That is a really difficult job. Uh, is all academic writing good? Of course not. Uh, but most people are doing it in good faith and, <laughs> and most people are trying to improve. And so I really want graduate students not to be just caught in this cycle of trying to get better at something that people act like you can't get better at. Um, and then the fourth one is I feel alone, right? So people feel isolated. So I sum up those states of mind as people feel unprepared, unqualified, alienated and isolated. Uh, and that seems like a terrible way to feel about something that is important um in your life as academic writing um and so what i want to do is reframe the actual task of academic writing so that you can get a different mindset around it so the words i chose for the reframing were developmental difficult possible and communal and i struggled over the choice of words of course i'm not sure that those are the right ones but i wanted people to feel uh, like this is a developmental task you're not bad at it. You just haven't done a lot of it yet. So you're getting better. I want them to know that it's difficult, right? That everybody struggles with writing. You're not uniquely bad at writing. Everybody finds writing the most difficult sort of wrenching experience. That it is possible that academic writing can be done well. Uh, and it's a, it's a worthy goal. And that it's communal, right? That it doesn't something that you have to go off and do by yourself. And graduate students often feel because obviously the, the most of your written production as graduate students um, is your own. 
uh, there might be some in some fields, there's some co-writing, but a lot of it is you and your thesis is ultimately you. And so it, um, people feel alone, but that doesn't mean you have to do it alone, right? So I wanted to also add in some more of that. And so the idea would be an alternate state of mind where you would feel like you'd feel committed because graduate writing is an ongoing learning process and you'd feel determined because you know everybody's struggling and you'd feel engaged because you believe it's possible to do it well and you'd feel supported because you'd be doing it with other people. So that is my new mindset idea. And I think that, um, as I said at the very beginning, it is born out of many, many, many graduate students ex giving these those first common experiences, giving versions of those. So I feel like it's, it is accurate to the experience that a lot of graduate writers have. Um, but what I really want to say, I think the most important thing about this reframing is that it's not a snap of your fingers type of reframing. Like it's not enough to say, you should think differently about this. That's the worst <laughs> kind of advice ever, right? So the book itself is actually a how to build this new mindset, right? So if, if you if you are, the, I think it's really good to have ideas about writing. I, one of the main sort of underlying themes in the book is that writing is a thing that you should have a, an approach to, right? Just doing it because of course, the actual, at the most basic level, we all know how to write. Right? Everybody can write. And so that's, that sort of base ability sometimes leads graduate students into, well, I can do the thing, so I'll go do the thing. Um, and that gets in the way of their um, learning how to do the unique things that are graduate and then scholarly writing. So I think it's um, throughout the book, you'll see strategies. That's the main part of the book. Um, for how to actually improve as a writer. Um, so the book, the book has um, three main parts after this opening introductory part, um, principles of writing, strategies for writing, and then a discussion of habits of writing. Uh, and so the book attempts to be sort of a little bit of everything. It attempts to tell you how to think about writing and then how to do it in all sorts of ways and then how to get it done, like how to actually orient yourself towards building a writing practice. So I do think it's important to build a new mindset. I don't think anyone should feel like they should just, you know, if they had a better, you know, I don't want to individualize it and then say, if you just had a more positive mindset, things would get better. Cause I think that makes things always makes things worse to imply to people that if they just had a better attitude, things would get better. <laughs> And, uh, and the last thing I would say, um, sorry for the long answer, but I think if you look at the table, um, I think I would encourage any graduate student, especially if they, if they had an opportunity to do this with other people, to look at it and see what you would put, right? Imagine my content mm -hmm. wasn't there and think, what, what do you think the common experiences are? And how does that make you feel? And how could you reframe that? And what could the new experience be like? You know, so I think it's fun to, you know, I'm pretty confident in these four, um, that are common, but you know, everyone has a different experience and I'd love people to give some more thought to that process to see if they can, um, create some space for themselves, uh, to change their orientation towards writing. That's great. Although I feel like, um, it's very difficult for graduate students themselves to see what the common commonalities are because they usually think that this is only happening to them and everything, everyone else is thriving <laughs> so yeah it would be an interesting exercise to see also because i mean in my coaching practice as well i see a lot of students having this idea of being gifted versus mastering 
Yeah. Right. And then why? Because, I mean, also as graduate students, most things we read are books, but we imagine them to be uh, seamlessly flowing out of authors' minds and hands and uh, etc. But we don't see the actual labor going into those finished and polished products. So we, as if we sit down in front of a computer and we can't produce a book quality text, we feel like, oh, maybe we're not good at this. So I think this 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 chart you provided is really helpful in that sense. Um, and I mean, one of the things, I mean, you mentioned already the different parts of the book, but one of the things that I really enjoyed as I was reading is the way you stroke a balance between the technical knowledge of academic writing and more of the tacit knowledge or issues like habit making or authorial voice or what you call the authorial responsibilities. Can you expand expand on this balance a little bit? Sure. Um, I definitely wanted, as I said at the beginning, like in writing a book, I wanted it to do everything, right? So I wanted it to be short, right? The text itself ends before 200, the 200 page mark. So I wanted a book that, that uh, students, graduate students who are super busy and you know don't need another thing to do um, could pick up and, and work with in a short time frame. Um, and I wanted it to be, um, Within that, I wanted it to be everything that they needed. Um, it it to, to at least have a new framing of writing. Not, I didn't answer every question. There's lots of stuff that isn't there. Of course, I had to sacrifice the you know the comprehensiveness for the sort of systematicness and systematicity of it. Uh, but um, I really wanted it to be, as I said, in these three kind of buckets. Of first, let me tell you a little bit about how writing works, like how, what writing is like for other people. So I wanted to have principles of writing, right? So the principles are that, that writing is a form of thinking that most people need to do writing in order to understand what they think. And I, and I say that so much, it starts to feel kind of so obvious, but it is, I'm still reaching people who are saying, well, I sh- I, I'm waiting to write until I understand this better. Um, and for so many people that understanding better uh, which is a great goal, can't happen really until they do some writing, right? So for so many people, um, writing is a form of thinking. The second principle would then be that you need to commit to extensive revision, right? Those er- early writing, freer writing, um, exploratory writing makes a mess, um, right? Because you are you don't know exactly what you're thinking, so you're figuring stuff out. Um, those kind of messy first drafts, or I like to call them zero drafts, need a lot of work. So the second principle is committing to extensive revision. Academic writing is essentially iterative. Um, And for so many graduate writers, that feels like a flaw in their own process that they can't get a really good draft right away, right? So they'll say, well, it's okay, but it took me so many times, right? So part of my message is, I'm sorry, but writing is so inefficient, right? It's gonna always be like that. You're not, that's not, you'll get way better at revising as time goes on, everybody does. Um, but you won't necessarily get way better at writing first drafts because you're still thinking new things. And as long as we're thinking new things, we're going to put weird, incoherent things on the page. Right? And then the third principle is um, really basing your revision on an understanding of the needs of the reader. Right. So writing can be a very inwardly focused, you know, <laughs> kind of act. Um, but in fact, in its in reality, it should be an outwardly facing 
act by the end, right? So the first draft is for you, but the final draft has to be for a reader who has a set of expectations, um, some of which are easy to understand, some of which are really hard to understand, right? So I, I usually suggest a kind of trajectory, like first you can start to understand the genres that you're working in, right? You can start to understand that if you're writing a research proposal, the people who will read that research proposal have very clear expectations about what happens in your discipline in a research proposal. Um, that's a thing that is relatively easy to learn and um, something that most supervisors, uh, people in departmental contexts are fairly good at explaining. But then um, things get a little more complicated as you, as you work your way down. So into the sort of at the structural level, readers have expectations and that may be some place that people struggle. And then at the sentence level, readers have expectations. And that's the thing that most people don't know about. Uh, and so students get told that their writing is awkward or difficult to read or unclear uh, when they actually need to know what causes that experience for the reader. Uh, and so um, understanding the needs of the reader is something that you most people need some support in. Um, and then, as you said, those are sort of three pretty durable principles of academic writing. And then I added in a fourth one um, about authorial responsibility, because I think this is where graduate students struggle uh, the most, right? Because academic writing really benefits from an authorial presence um, and graduate students would rather hide behind often the work of other people or um, the, you know, the, the research that they've done. They want it to kind of speak for itself. I did this great thing. Surely if I just tell people about what I did, that'll be enough. Uh, and so the line that I use with students all the time is you've given me a writerless text. I, mm -hmm. this, this text has no writer. And so I can't, as a reader, I can't read it. Right. So I learned a lot about your thing and it sounds amazing. Uh, but as a reader, I was unhappy at this point and this point and this point, because I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how this fit, fit in with that. I didn't know what you thought about this. I didn't know how this fit into your work. Um, and so that is such a big, uh, step for a graduate writer, right? To, be, to take on that authorial presence really ties into the challenges of being a graduate student, right? Your identity as a graduate student is a shifting and difficult thing. And uh, writing is where a lot of that comes to the fore. So you have to know, you have to be willing to do that work. Uh, and so I think the reason that I like to call it authorial presence um, is because it's it's often referred to as voice uh, in some way. And I, th I think, as I say in the book, that that's a kind of nebulous concept that most people don't understand in the context of academic writing, right? They think of voice as being like Faulkner or somebody, like somebody who has <laughs> you'd know the minute you pick up Hemingway that you're reading Hemingway. And most of us don't feel that way about our academic writing. Even good academic writers are not immediate. You don't know from the first page who you're reading. <laughs> Right. And so I think I like to use the word contribution or presence instead of voice, because uh, I think that's more concrete and tangible for graduate students to think I need to know what your contribution is. I need to know why, where you are in this. So it's not a literary voice. It's a scholarly presence uh, that will help. Uh, so that's the first thing the book does is try to set up those principles, try to give people those four ideas to have them in the back of their mind as they then head into uh, the middle section of the book, which is strategies. Uh, and there I, um, because this, as the second principle says, there's really, it's really important 
to think of most writing as revision, right? Um, I put I use revision as the framework for the middle part of the book, um, and uh, and talk about how to revise for structure, how to revise for energetic and easy to read sentences, how to improve the punctuation choices, the actual mechanics of your sentences, and how to build better flow in your writing, how to give the reader more momentum. Uh, so there's chapters on each of those four things. Um, and then a chapter on building a revision process that goes through the six stages of revision that allows you to take the earliest whatever you come up with all the way through to something you're willing to share with the world. Um, and then um, the third thing after you've done, after you've got your principles and your strategies, then I, I devoted a chapter to just talking about building a productive writing process. Uh, because I think that um, it's slightly incomplete without that. Uh, because uh, getting writing done is so incredibly difficult. Uh, and so I think as a writing teacher for me, that was something I needed to learn, although I had my own um, endless PhD process and I certainly knew firsthand productivity, <laughs> but I didn't teach it at first. At first I thought, well, if I just teach people writing, um, that will help. And then I realized that I actually needed to make more space in my teaching for saying, yeah, once you know all that, how are you actually organizing your time? How are you actually mm. getting work done? Uh, because I can, you can say writing is the hardest thing that we do and here's how to do it better. But I think you also need to pause for a minute on writing is the hardest thing we do. And so we don't do it. All right. So given an array of possible tasks in any given day, many of us will choose the not writing tasks, right? And so writing falls down our list of priorities until it's like 3.30 in the afternoon and you're tired and you don't have a lot of time left and you don't have a lot of freshness left. Um, and writing goes badly for that little while. And then you don't do it the next day because you're discouraged. And like, there's so many ways that we can build a, a writing process that doesn't work all that well. And uh, so much of the advice out there around productivity is it really, really tied into sort of the complex work of scholarly production? Um, so you get a lot of hacky, you know, here's a hack, <laughs> you know, do this, do that. And that um, I think is sort of insulting to a graduate writer. Um, if it was easy to fix this problem, they would have, right? <laughs> writing is usually the most important thing and graduate students understand that it's the thing getting, standing between them and happiness is their writing. So <laughs> they're completely committed to doing it. It's just that, you know, we have to understand the psychological dimensions of writing, the communal dimensions of writing, the technical side of writing, and all the things about scheduling and how do you work? A, how, what is human nature like? Like how we don't, very few people, and we all know a few of them, um, get up and do their writing first thing because it's the most important thing and they do it efficiently and they never get distracted. There are a few of those people, um, but most of us aren't those people. Most of us, you know, barely like those people. Um, <laughs> we need, we need a different kind of help. So the last part of the book is designed to explain first why I think that product, a lot of productivity talk is harmful to graduate students. So why I, what I don't want it to do. And then with that caveat, here's some things I do actually think are pretty helpful to think about. And the key for me is just experimentation, right? If you're a graduate writer with a thesis and a whole other array of professional and personal and familial responsibilities and financial worries and all of that stuff, 
chances are you're not going to be able to just push your way through it. You're going to need to think a little bit about how you organize your time and space and company and all of that for writing. And so um, I think when, when we're when we're scared and when things are going badly, people often tend to be less experimental, right? They just stick with what they know, even when what they know isn't working. Um, and so I wanted to express a range of different things to think about so that people could maybe experiment a little and see what might help them. No, I mean, also going through the book, I kept thinking about, I wish I had this book at the beginning of my graduate, when I was beginning to graduate school. Um, I also, I mean, let's maybe, this is a good place to end it. What would be that one advice you would give to graduate writers? Or maybe I can ask it better. Like, what is what would be this one advice that you would have liked to have at the beginning of your graduate school while you were beginning that is in your book? Sure. I think, I think I would like people to know that the struggle is so common. I think that, I think, and that's maybe an obvious piece of advice, but I feel like I run sometimes writing retreat boot camp sorts of things and I get people to go around and talk about how things are going and you'll always get an honest person in the room. Many people are a little cagey, but you'll get an honest person that says it's going really badly. I have a terrible relationship with my supervisor. I hate this project now, you know, whatever the list of things are. Um, and you see this look on people's face like, oh, I see we're telling the truth, you know, like, oh, this is <laughs> This is that kind of space um, and people slowly start to say, well, actually, I feel really this or I'm really discouraged by that. And I, I, you know, I, I just I don't want to tell people around me that I'm having trouble because my department feels like a space where I should put a good face on and act like I know what I'm doing. Uh, because I think because, as I said before, this the sort of liminal identity of a graduate student is is a really, it's so complicated, right? This transition from student to scholar and, you know, you, you feel like you should know things that you don't know. Um, and so the, the ability to be vulnerable in that space and say, here's the thing I don't know how to do is really hard. And um, so I think hearing from other people that they also don't know um, and as you said earlier, that it's a don't know yet situation. It's not a never going to know. It's not an innate ability that some people have and some people don't have. Um, it's a thing that you can learn. Uh, and so I think for me, uh, I called the book with some hesitation. I called the book Thriving as a graduate writer. Um, and I didn't want to annoy people with a, a sort of aspirational title like that. But I also felt like I do think it's possible. I think it's possible um, with a shift in the way that you think and enough support, um, it's possible not to love every minute. Writing is very painful, right? Like writing really draws out uh, our deepest, you know, uncertainty about what we're trying to say. Uh, making your ideas public, people should understand that as not something that anybody finds easy to do. <laughs> um, and so I really would love graduate students to, as you said at the very beginning, have support built into their graduate programs. But if they don't have that writing support, I hope they access it, access it wherever it is. Um, either, you know, sometimes they're centralized institutional support, writing centers, that sort of thing, um, various blogs, resources, you know, it, it, there's a lot out there. 
Um, but the first thing you need to do is understand that uh, the struggle is real and the struggle is natural um, and you're entitled to more writing support. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for being with us. Uh, this was such a fun conversation and I hope it will also help listeners to think about their writing practice. Also, maybe read your book and um, have a deep breath to feel like we can do this. Exactly. So it was such a pleasure to talk to you, Armand. Thank you so much for the invitation. My pleasure. Uh, so this was Academics Right. I had the wonderful pleasure of talking to Rachel Kelly about her book, Thriving as a Graduate Writer, which came out of University of Michigan Press in 2023. Uh, until next time.